Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. And welcome in, lucky episode number 13 here on NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Flow Racing here on the Motor Racing Network. As always, Chris Wilner from our Concord Studios, just north of Charlotte, North Carolina, and Kyle Ricky out of Killingly, Connecticut, just wrapping up the Spring Sizzler weekend. Kyle, congratulations, you made it through the big one, the 50th annual Napa Auto Parts Spring Sizzler. Excellent job. Are you rested and recovered? Because boy, you were busy this weekend. I am. It took a couple of days. Uh, they were long days, and the couple of days leading into the weekend were uh, just as long. So, but it, you know, Mother Nature cooperated. All of the hard work going in paid off. Uh, stands were full on Saturday. Stands were full on Sunday. Uh, good times in the campground Saturday night uh, by everybody uh, that was was staying overnight uh, in the in the grounds with us. So, uh, great weekend. Uh, yeah, you really can't find any negatives about the weekend. It was uh, great from top to bottom. And we'll recap the Spring Sizzler coming up, but you mentioned great weekend all around. I don't think any show really had any hiccups all across the country. We had great weather for most of, of the continental United States this weekend, including those Arc Menard Series drivers down at Talladega that were on our coverage here on the Motor Racing Network, the General Tire 200 on Saturday afternoon at Talladega Super Speedway, the kind of marquee event, I want to say, because it is the biggest racetrack that the Arc Menard Series visits uh, each and every year. And how about young Nick Sanchez? You know, I get to race him on uh, occasionally on Monday nights on iRacing, and uh, he usually does a good job. And, well, certainly he backed it up in the real car uh, out at Talladega, getting the big win in the Gerald Entire 200. And, Kyle, it, it was a, a race of attrition, and we talk about it with Arc Menards anytime we go to Talladega, Daytona. But, boy, they had to survive, and not only the battle of attrition on the racetrack, but the clock, too. Yeah, Nick Sanchez got the win, and 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 very happy for him, but uh... – I mean, he was in the right place at the right time when that caution came out. And it was the sixth caution of the event uh, in a race that took, at that point, 90 minutes. I think they took the checkered flag one hour, 31 minutes in. Uh, a race that was shortened to 68 laps from 76 laps uh, because of the cautions and the NASCAR Xfinity Series race that was uh, going to follow the Arkham Menard Series race. But uh, good run for Nick. Uh, you mentioned he survived, uh, and there was a lot to survive because there was a couple of big incidents, especially there off turn four, where I saw one car in the air while all four tires off the ground yeah. uh, looked like a monster truck going down the front stretch through the tri-oval. Thankfully, it didn't catch and begin to barrel roll. It landed on all four tires. Some big hits, some long cleanups, uh, but the race did, uh, did not go the full distance because of, of the time. Yeah, Bo Duke almost looking like Dukes of Hazards there. Uh, and that was the accident, uh, I think, about 
50 laps in or so. Tony Brininger got turned to the wall. And then, uh, luckily, we, we did have good news to report, though. Scott Melton, I mean, it was scary. Absolutely came in there with a head of steam, nowhere to go. Tagged a couple cars, one of them really hard. Actually, the left front uh, assembly got caught up inside the firewall. He suffered a fractured uh, leg, had to go get surgery. He posted on Twitter, all is well with him. But, man... I mean, when you hit at Talladega, you hit hard, and certainly it was a scary moment for everyone at the racetrack, caused a lengthy delay, as you mentioned, and that's what really kind of led to the timing situation. You know, us on the MRN broadcast, we're looking at our watches saying, you know what, we got to go on air at 2.30, and it's now 2 o'clock, and we're not even done with this thing yet. So uh, a little bit frantic for for NASCAR to try to work with ARCA, and I guess that kind of brings me to a little bit of a debate here, Kyle. I mean, you never want a race to end early, especially when it comes to Mother Nature and things like that. But when it comes to time, there's kind of a a bigger problem here, scheduling-wise, what have you. What is the biggest issue that, I guess, ARCA has to face to not let this happen in the future? Uh, I I don't know. I get it. You know, TV windows dictate a lot of this. Uh, When, when, you know, the, the track works with television and NASCARs for when the NASCAR Xfinity Series race starts, Run it Friday. I, you know, I, I don't. I don't like tight windows. I get the fans love it, and if it works out, and if sure. you don't have all the delays, you you have an ARCA race early afternoon. You have an Xfinity Series race late afternoon. It's a great double header. You had the Cup cars on the racetrack earlier in the day with qualifying, uh, made for a a for the MRN broadcasters, a long triple header day, yeah. uh, but a great day and a full day for the fans. But at the same time, the only time I liked time events is for the Rolex 24, or the 12 hours of Le Mans or something uh, with sports car events. Um, Cause the know, time I, keeps going. Right. And, and, and they're, they know exactly when they're going to end, whether it's under caution or anything like that, you know, what time you're going to be done, you know, no matter what. And the drivers got the call, um, and it was still, what, 20 or 25% of the race left uh, yeah. in Talladega that when they were told, hey, the next flag ends it, whether it be when the caution comes out or when the checkered comes out. Um, and, and unfortunately, they came up quite short of the checkered flag. Um, but I, I don't know. Leave a, get a, try, to, try to get a bigger window. Um, I, I've, I just find that, you know, it's unfair to the ARCA teams to uh, put all that work in to run a, you know, 75% race or whatever it, it, the the actual number turned out to be. Yeah. I like full distance races, but, you know, who doesn't? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I understand both sides. I understand what TV, the TV windows and, and what the track is up against um, with maybe not running it on Friday. But at the same time, I want to see a run to the, to the, at least the full distance. Yeah, and and that's exactly what Brett Holmes and Corey Heim were were pleading for as well as, you know, they finished second and third just due to the fact that the next flag ended the race and unfortunately, you know, Nick Sanchez was there at the right time with his nose sticking ahead when they froze the field and and that's all she wrote. So, I think this this won't be the last time an issue like this may happen unless Arca decides to say, "Hey, maybe we don't go right before, you know, an NASCAR Xfinity race or, or something that's on a TV window kind of budget or time frame, and maybe they run at 11 a.m. and we have a two-hour break in the middle or give them enough ample time. But I understand, like you said, too, uh, that there's pros and cons to either situation, but definitely kind of hurts for some of those racers, especially for some of the smaller teams. This is a big opportunity. You know, they're on FS1. 
Um, a, a good opportunity for them to have a good run. And certainly anytime you race to Talladega, anything can happen. So it could have been something uh, for some of those smaller teams to make a run at the front. But nevertheless, we're here, and that's what happens. So Nick Sanchez picked up the win. Raja Karuth, another good top 10 run for him. Another racer we talk about each and every week. Uh, it's going to, I'm sure, going get to a, get a win here probably sooner rather than later. Drew Dollar ran double uh, double header with the Xfinity Series. He was in a top 10 position as well. And Parker Chase, the IMSA veteran, uh, running for Venturini this year, another top 10 as well. They're back in action, the National Series, on May 14th. Kansas Speedway, so again, another little bit bigger of a track, a nice big mile and a half. And uh, once again, May 14th, we'll have the coverage. ARCA was also in action with the West Series out at Kern County, Kyle. I, I think it's one of the coolest tracks out west, and I kind of wish a NASCAR national race would race there like the trucks, but uh, it was another <laughs> youngster getting the win. Leighton Lewis, second career win. How about that? Yeah, uh, Lewis, first start in the West Series. Um, great win. It had a great battle with Jake Drew. They swapped the lead a couple of times mid-race, uh, right around the halfway mark, uh, driving for Bruce Cook. Uh, his mentor, some guy named Ron Hornaday, uh, yeah, so who, he's who is that? From, who is that guy? Yeah, I heard he's pretty good. Obviously, a West Coast legend. So, uh, and actually, he won in his second start last year in the Arkham Menards National Series on Dirt at the Coins. So, um, he's off to a, a good start, both on the national side and on the West side, and winning in his uh, very first start in that series. Yeah, maybe he'll track, go, you're maybe, right. You're, huh? you're right. It needs a truck race. I love Kern County. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad I'm not the only one. And and you're right. He's, there's something about first with Landon Lewis. Maybe he'll go try the East Series next time out and win in his first time out there with that series as well. But yeah, absolutely. Congratulations to Landon Lewis. Uh, again, Ron Hornaday Jr., a four-time Truck Series champion. Not a bad guy to have in your corner, at least coaching you along. And uh, good run for Cole Moore, too, as well. Got a podium finish up there in the third spot with a guy we had on the show after winning Irwindale, Tanner Reif finishing in the fourth spot. They're not back till June 4th, so a lot of time for Mr. Lewis to maybe figure out some plans to go run either with the National Series again or or try the East Series maybe a little bit here. But, uh, yeah, the uh, ARCA West Series will be out at Portland International on June 4th. Should be a good time out west. All right, Kyle, I know we've been chomping at the bit to get to uh, recap the Spring Sizzler, and, and you and your team did a heck of a job. But a guy who did an even better job on the racetrack was Matt Hirschman, and Big Money lived up to his name again, taking home the 50th annual Napa Auto Parts Spring Sizzler in, like many people are talking about, probably one of the best modified races we've seen in some time at one of the biggest, if not the biggest, modified race in the country. You mentioned Big Money, over $24,000. He was able to take home from the weekend uh, between what he won on Saturday in the qualifying races and lap money on Sunday, plus the actual purse. Uh, so uh, I think, and he'll confirm it for us in a little bit, one of his, if not his biggest payday ever uh, in a modified. So congratulations to Matt, but it was a classic duel, a great race between him and Ryan Priest. And Ryan was driving for the team and the family that won the very first spring sizzler back in 1972, the Bowler family, um, the late Lenny Bowler started that team back in, in the 60s, competed with Fred DeCero at that event in 1972, and Freddie was able to take down the win. And Ryan won one of the qualifying races on Saturday and uh, had hopes of, you know, having a, a similar picture from what was taken in 1972, 50 years later in Victory Lane uh, with him behind the wheel. But unfortunately, he fell one spot short. But a great race, saw a little bit of everything, uh, leaders battling in lap traffic, long green flag run, 
uh, some pit strategy early on with, with some of the guys uh, running mid-pack, um, and then a couple of restarts at the end that ultimately uh, propelled Matt Hirschman to the front. And just how cool was it to see Old Blue running up front? I mean, contending for a spring sizzler win. Obviously, you know, Matt said after the race, you don't get to race against Ryan Priest very often anymore. As Ryan Priest, you know, has obviously jumped in the NASCAR circuit and has been there for quite some time. But to have that vintage battle with Old Blue uh, had to be something special for you guys at Stafford, but also the fans that came out in droves this weekend. They did. Uh, great crowds both days. And, and the, the actual car that won the first race uh, in 1972 with Freddie was on display on the Midway. Nice. So uh, on one side of the grandstands, you had the 1972 winner. And on the other side, on the racetrack, you had a uh, priest trying to get it done for that same team 50 years later. Uh, it would have been a special moment, no doubt, but uh, just as special for Matt Hirschman, who uh, had been trying year after year, and he doesn't come to Stafford as much as he once did. Um, but this event was obviously a race that, you know, he couldn't turn down. And uh, I think it was his 26th or his 27th start at Stafford and finally took that first checkered flag. And we talk about Matt winning everything everywhere, but he never won at Stafford. And now he can he can check Stafford and the Spring Sizzler off the list in, in an event that, you know, his dad won almost 20 years ago back in uh, what, 2005? Yeah, so now they become the first father-son duo to win the Spring Sizzler. And you, like you mentioned, you know, 26 starts. Kind of hard to believe a guy like Big Money uh, hadn't won the race at least once, but he finally gets to check that one off the list and celebrate it with his father, Tony Hirschman, who uh, is pretty inspirational to his career. And I'm sure we'll hear more about it because we're going to have Matt Hirschman here in a minute. But how about a run for Ronnie Silk and Ronnie Wilson rounding out uh, in top five positions, as well as Jimmy Blewett, who ran double duty as well. He was one of the busiest guys as well there, Kyle, this re- this weekend in the Modifieds, uh, also running SKs as well. Yeah, Jimmy uh, ran in the SK Modified, found a little, uh, found some trouble early in that race. He, we talked about uh, pitch strategy a little bit ago. Jimmy was one of those cars running mid-pack early on, uh, came in for, for tires early, stayed out when everybody else pitted right around the halfway mark, and he was among three cars on that strategy. And the other two dropped back through the field, but Jimmy was able to stay among the top five. You mentioned Ronnie Williams, a former two-time SK Modified track champion, having a great run, finishing in the top five. I think one of the big surprises of the weekend, though, when we talk about how deep the field was, 44 or 45 teams tried to qualify uh, through heat races and through dual races. Uh, Bobby Santos the yeah. third, a three-time Spring Sizzler winner, missed the Spring Sizzler. So uh, that's just how deep uh, the event was. And we knew there could be potential for a, a big name or two to not qualify, but we had never thought a former Sizzler winner would miss the event because the provisional for former winners was taken by last year's winner, Patrick Emerling. So uh, yeah, that's just how deep the competition was this weekend. It was fun to watch, but I felt for Bobby. Yeah. Could you remember a time in spring Sizzler history? They had that many, either former winners or, or just absolute studs like a Patrick Emerling or, or Bobby Santos that narrowly, you know, or missed out or, or narrowly made it in. Yeah, uh, there was a couple of races, and um, we're talking 20 years ago, right, uh, right, where there, right. were, there were there were some big names that would miss the race. Uh, I think Mike Christopher, uh, the late Ted Christopher's twin brother, uh, they had Stafford covered back in the, the late 80s and the 90s, and I think Mike missed 
a spring sizzler. We talk about Tommy Baldwin, currently a big time owner in the Modifieds. He had Mike Christopher driving for him this weekend, Mike Christopher Jr. Uh, his dad, Tom Baldwin, uh, the late Tom Baldwin, he missed a spring sizzler. So it's, it, you know, there are some big guns that have missed the race, but um, I don't remember somebody of Santos's caliber missing. And, and it was strictly because, you know, he was in a heat race accident and then he had issues in, in the last chance race. Um, it was just one of those deals where if something happened in front of him. He found it. Uh, he had a very fast car, but um, unfortunately, wrong place, wrong time for a, at least two different situations. And, and he was unable to compete. Kind of reminds me of the Chili Bowl. You know, one one mistake early and, on in your weekend can just snowball and it's hard to play catch up from there. So we'll see if he can go back and uh, try again on the 51st edition in 2023. Kyle, you guys are got a little bit of a break to reset, catch your breath. Uh, I think weekly racing, what, kicks back off May the 6th. Then I know you've got a kids' night as well, which is pretty cool. Big wheel racing. Yeah. I think that's what we're doing. Maybe I'll have to come up for that. We Well, you'd fit. <laughs> uh, we, we have some big wheels on the racetrack and get some kids down there and go down the front stretch, and it's fun. I think we have some giveaways as well. So, uh, yeah, it'll be a great way to, to kick off the, the first couple of weeks in May and get uh, the Friday night gr- summer grind going. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, we've wasted enough of your time. Let's talk to the winner of the 50th annual Napa Auto Parts Spring Sizzler. Matt Hirschman is on the phone via Zoom, and he will be on the other side of the break when we come back to NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing. You're watching NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR Roots. Catch the Wheel and Modified Tour, Arc Menard Series, Pinties, and NASCAR Weekly Tour Races all season long on flowracing.com. Subscribe today. And welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Flow Racing. Joining us, the big winner from this past weekend up at Stafford Motor Speedway, the 50th annual Napa Auto Parts Spring Sizzler. The champ is in the house, big money, Matt Hirschman. Matt, congratulations. Uh, We were just talking off air, still on the high from the big win this weekend. Just describe for me what that moment was like for you, all the hard work that goes into it, and it paid off for you taking the checker flag. Yeah, certainly uh, one of the biggest wins I've ever had in my career. And with all the hype coming into it, leading up to this race, the 50th anniversary, and uh, the opportunity to for the, the win and you're in with the SRX, uh, it was just, you know, every driver there was, uh, you know, really, uh, I'm sure, wanting to to, to win and, and have that opportunity uh, and to, to, to accomplish that and uh, in the fashion that it was, cause it was a great race. I mean, there's people, there's people telling me and they're not necessarily even I, that they're fans of mine. There's people telling me it was one of the best, if not the best race they ever watched. So I haven't gotten to go back and watch the replay yet and really, uh, take it in that way. But, uh, uh, I'm telling you there's, there's, I'm getting a lot of compliments, uh, on the race, not, and I don't think it, you have to be a fan of mine or, or that you are a fan of Ryan's, uh, it just, uh, you know, really, really getting uh, great reviews. Haven't been able to take it in from the broadcast yet, but let's take it in from your seat and what you remember about, especially those last couple of restarts. Uh, you know, we had a long green flag run in the middle, and then it seemed like those last 10 laps took a while. And with green flag laps counting only, uh, there were several yellows during those last five or six laps. Uh, talk about, you know, those last two restarts in particular with Ryan. Well, leading up to that, uh, you know, the, I think I was better 
on the short run and was able to get to the lead. And believe it or not, the I believe Ryan was inching his way back in, closing in. And of course, uh, I was the first to to you know to have to to make a, a around the slower traffic, the lap traffic. And of course, you know then usually once the leader gets by or gets next, then they they definitely stay and give that lane where at first there was a couple that didn't really um, really move over. So that allowed Ryan to, to close back in. And I believe he was already inching in anyway. And then, uh, you know, then the restarts, uh, you know, evened us up and you're side by side now. And uh, he was able to take the lead from me. And then I took it back from the outside. And I actually think that the outside may have been better, uh, but it's tough to, to, to make that choice with only what did we have left? Maybe three to go. Uh, it's tough to give, give up that lane. then. uh, so it's, it was, uh, yeah, it was exciting. I think, you know, the, the, the last, the closing laps and, and losing the lead, gaining it back, just the, the relief from, from that type of race. And then, you know, being, uh, you know, a winner of the spring sizzler now joining my father as a, as a previous winner, the only father son duo to ever do that. And, and then knowing it also got you the opportunity with SRX. I was just uh, overcome with emotion. Really. Uh, it was uh, one of the, that, like I said, is going to be one of the highest ranking wins I ever had. And in terms of all the hype and, and things that went along with it, possibly the biggest. Absolutely. Now, we you mentioned the SRX ride, and we talked to Bubba Pollard, you know, who got in uh, last week or the last time we talked to him on the show, and he kind of mentioned, you know, that kind of dangling carrot is there. It's a little added extra insurance and or, you know, motivation, and a lot of these events now are putting that opportunity on the line on their big money races. So going into the Spring Sizzler, obviously it's the name for the race itself is huge, but did the added you know, and excitement of running for SRX. I mean, did that weigh on you a little bit knowing that you wanted it that much more for that opportunity to now be on a national stage or was it all just about winning the race? It was an opportunity coming in that I couldn't pass up. And I, I said that in previous interviews, just coming into the race and yeah, certainly it was, uh, it was added motivation as if you needed any more, really. It was, uh, it was a really well put together event by Stafford, a lot of hype coming in. Um, and I, I believe the most hyped event probably will have all season. I think the opening race of the wheel and tour at New Smyrna, I knew that was going to be a big deal because it was a first time event and, uh, you know, being part of speed weeks and NASCAR touring series. And I think this probably even topped that just because of, you know, all the hype that they were doing throughout the off season and then the SRX thing on top. And that's not taking away from the new Smyrna event because that was a sellout crowd and a, and a huge deal for the, for that. So, uh, you know, these two wins of just, uh, you know, to have these in, in a career would be, uh, you know, something to be proud of the, to be in that moment twice already this year. And uh, it's, it's, it's been great. You mentioned New Smyrna. Obviously, we saw what happened over the weekend in Stafford, a fantastic crowd for, for both days of the event. Uh, we saw a near sellout crowd at Bowman Gray, I think, uh, for those that were able to watch on Saturday night at Flow for the opening of the Modifieds there. What is it about Modified Racing right now that uh, is attracting all of these fans that uh, we've seen in the past, but, you know, really in the last 
year or so, we're seeing it more often in more places. Well, I believe modified racing has been getting stronger, better uh, for for several years now. So I, I think we're still on the climb, and I think we're you know. So is, this is I think it goes back more than just a year or two. I really think uh, this has been a, a steady climb, and really uh, the pandemic. And then there's other issues out there now with shortages of tires and, and harder to get parts and things like that. The, those things are trying to slow us down, but they're still, we're, they're not succeeding. It's the, it's really been a great climb that the division's been on as a whole. Again, we're not, we're not talking one series, one track, one, whatever. I'm talking modified racing, asphalt modified racing as a whole has been doing nothing but getting better. And I don't, I don't know that at least in my career, which is now over 20 years, there has been no better time to be an asphalt modified racer than it is today. And I think uh, I could even go back further than that. Uh, I really believe uh, we're, we're, we're definitely just been trending up and uh, you know, I think uh, popularity, notoriety, um, the payouts are, have been getting better. I mean, look at what this weekend was at Stafford. It, it turned out to be the biggest payday of my career. Last year, I won a, a tri-track event at Star Speedway, and, and with the bonuses there, that was a, a new a record high for me. So we're achieving, you know, we're we're able to to have these, you know, the numbers are growing, and and you know, it's really been been positive and i hope it continues that way uh and and we just you know flow racing things like that all the you know th these are all things that we're we're just we're, we're gaining gaining more notoriety and attention and and it's it could only uh you know get better i think from here yet it's uh it's only it's only been getting better and i hope it continues and as the purses keep getting bigger, you keep winning those races. So, I mean, it just kind of goes hand in hand, doesn't it? Um, earlier this year, we talked about how special this year could be. You felt like you got a lot of momentum, especially with your 60 car. Um, just basically a positive outlook on the season. Did you ever predict you'd be with this many wins at this point of the season? Not only wins, but big wins, whether it was Smart Modifieds or the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour, obviously the Spring Sizzler. Could you have pictured this point of the season you'd be where you're at now? We've been on a great run uh, of winning races uh, for years. Uh, but at this point uh, in the season, to be 8 out of 11 and, and the big races that we've won so far, um, it, it's hard to really you know. Okay, do I? I believe we go to every racing and have an opportunity to win, and and that's the goal is to win every race. But sure. to be eight out of eleven so far, and like I said, winning the the two big races we've talked about. Like I said, you could you could hope to only to win two of those in your whole career as big as they were, uh, and we've done it already in a few months in the season. So there's a long way to go. So I try not to get caught up in it because. Uh, there's so much ahead of us and, and I just want to um, not, you know, just want to keep, keep trying to, to win races and, and, and move through the season. But uh, this one is, is going to be one to uh, a lasting memory for sure. Talked about a moment ago, uh, the win on Sunday got you that SRX ride, a former MRN anchor, Alan Bestwick, the current voice of uh, the SRX on CBS sports was 
in victory lane to present you with uh, the SRX, I guess the golden ticket and, and ticket number one and, and all everything that comes with it. Is there anybody that uh, you're going to race against on July 2nd that, you know, you're really looking, I mean, you want to race against them all. I get that. But is there anyone that stands out that maybe you could grab their ear for a few minutes and chat with them and then, you know, obviously look forward to racing them later that weekend? Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to no go racing fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's not here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with his own nicotine pouches. It, when you look at it and you see that there's previous Indy 500 winners, Daytona 500 winners, champions of both Cup and IndyCar. Uh, I mean, look at last year, Ilya won the Indy 500 and then raced with the SRX, which we don't know yet who's going to win that, that, but there's guys that are in the SRX field uh, that are going to be in the Indy 500. So we'll see you know, how that plays out. But uh, I mean, of all the drivers there, uh, Tony Stewart was a childhood hero of mine, you know, when he is from the short tracks of the USAC, uh, when he won the triple crown and then went on to IndyCar when the, when the IRL was formed and you had short track guys getting opportunities in IndyCar, it was, uh, I just was uh, such a, uh, you know, a fan and, and looked up to Tony so, and I know Tony, I mean, we, when we see each other, you know, he knows who I am. We talk a little bit, uh, but uh, I've never raced with him. So, so that would probably, if I had to pick one, I'd probably say Tony because he was a childhood hero of mine. But like I said, that there's some, some really, uh, you know, guys in there that's just going to be cool to share the track with the uh, legends of the sport and uh, you know, some of the world's best drivers. And when you race in that SRX event as a short track racer representing going to be representing Stafford, but you also are representing the short track nation up against some of these championship drivers. What does this opportunity mean for you guys? Obviously, the series is built around the entertainment value of having all these legends of the sport racing together. But what do you get out of it as far as good exposure and things like that? Because you, you're you're the face of short track racing, at least for that night on July 2nd. Yeah, what, what drew me as a viewer to the SRX was the inclusion of the short track racer. You know, the you know that story is what brought me in as a viewer. And you're 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 trying. You could potentially become go from being a, a regional name. Obviously, I think everyone in attendance at Stafford, you know, is going to be familiar with me. You're talking the crowd on hand, but you're now you're on the national stage on prime time. You know, uh, cable network uh, for you know, for that. So you could go from being a, a regional name to, uh, you know, a nationally known name uh, with, you know, with the, the, 
the notoriety that comes with it. So uh, certainly will be huge. Uh, it's it, a lot has happened in a short amount of time since our win on Sunday. I haven't really, it hasn't all sunk in and really haven't even uh, been able to put much thought into it, but uh, it's going to be exciting, uh, you know, a few months ahead of us leading up to this and uh, just, you know, not a once in a lifetime opportunity is the way I looked at it and hopefully we can make the most of it. Yeah, that race uh, a couple of months away uh, on July 2nd, once again, the SRX event. Finally, uh, at least for me, uh, for you, what's next? Uh, no month of May, hard to believe, uh, right around the corner as we get into the heart of a lot of these seasons as tracks continue to open up uh, across this region of the country. Yeah, definitely a lot on our uh, schedule coming up. We've just kind of been taking it one week at a time, but we're looking uh, to open up the tri-track season at Manadnock on Saturday. Uh, our, one of my home track, my home track that I started racing at Evergreen Speedway, they run the modifieds about once a month and they open on Sunday. So looking at a couple of events this weekend, the race of champion series, another touring series will be opening next Saturday at Shimong, uh, on, you know, in New York. So there's, uh, like I said, things are just opening up, but we've been, we've been racing wide open here for a few months. So, uh, we're just opening some seasons up for, for those groups. And, uh, and like I said, there's a, there's a lot to look forward to, but uh, nothing now is going to be uh, bigger than, than that SRX race at Stafford on July 2nd. Man, absolutely no rest for the wicked. That's for sure. Especially as all these racetracks are opening. Finally, Matt, for me, you mentioned the importance of having your father, Tony there, right. And now being the first father son duo to win the spring sizzler, what has his influence been on your racing career? Because, you know, we talk about racing is such a family sport, but how special is it for you to share this with your dad? Well, I grew up at the racetracks and even the spring sizzler was, uh, that was tradition, you know, uh, you know, going to that as a family, uh, you know, our, our camp, we go there with our camper for the weekend. All those events were tradition and the, the landscape of modified racing has changed a lot in recent years now in, in my driving career that some of those events uh, I haven't even been doing, but what Stafford did, uh, you know, brought us in uh, and really felt like old times uh, as a family, but instead of, uh, you know, us, and when I say us, my, you know, my mom, my brother going and supporting my dad's racing and he won the sizzler in 2005. Uh, now, you know, uh, they were there uh, in support of, of me winning it. Uh, so just uh, extra special uh, for sure uh, with they were being the 50th anniversary, they honored all the past winners and recognized the you know, family members of those that are no longer with us. Uh, it was really special uh, to, to join him on that list uh, in terms of modified racing, the history of it. Um, I would say next to the race of champions, I don't know that there is a race with more uh, history and longstanding tradition uh, than the spring sizzler. And we won the race of champions. Both, both of us have won it multiple times and now we've each got a spring sizzler win. So uh, definitely a, a special moment with uh, as a family and really appreciate the entire team that helped us, you know, achieve this. Uh, everybody that was involved, uh, crew members, sponsors, and, and uh, you know, all the, everything that goes into it. It's uh it's certainly a huge team victory for sure. And I hope as many of them that were part of that could be there to support me on July 2nd for the SRX race.
Absolutely, and we wish you the best of luck. And I know uh, not only in your racing coming up here at Manadnock and all the other series you're going to run, but we look forward to catching up with you, hopefully, as you take the checker flag in the next big one, which is going to be, like you said, the SRX race in July. Matt, good luck to you the rest of this week. And again, congratulations on your Spring Sizzler win. Okay, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. That's Matt Hirschman, your 50th annual Napa Auto Parts Spring Sizzler champion here in 2022. And with that, we'll be right back here on NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing. You're watching NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR Roots. Catch the Wheel and Modified Tour, Arc Menard Series, Pinties, and NASCAR Weekly Tour Races all season long on flowracing.com. Subscribe today. And welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing. Just talked to Matt Hirschman, Kyle, and always a pleasure to visit with a guy when he just wins a race, but you could tell how much the Spring Sizzler has meant to Matt Hirschman, his family, and to see him finally get it done. You got to witness it firsthand. Pretty awesome. And I, I obviously, we mentioned it last time we talked to him in February before New Smyrna. This won't be the last time uh, Matt is going to visit Victory Lane, but certainly I think this will be the biggest one of his career. And we talk about sometimes how it's hard to get the emotion out of Matt. Um, you, you know, you don't see that emotion much out of him. Uh, but when Alan Bestwick was interviewing him in Victory Lane on Sunday night, I legitimately thought he was going to cry. I remember sitting up in the booth going, holy cow, Matt Hirschman's about to cry on the microphone here at Stafford. Uh, pretty cool. Just shows you how special that race is and, and how much the opportunity to compete in July again at Stafford uh, with the SRX crew means to him. Yeah, looking forward to it on CBS Sports there July the 2nd. I'm sure he wishes it was next week in the way he's rolling, but he'll have some time to think about it and get ready uh, for that big SRS, SRX race at Stafford. Uh, a couple big shout-outs to some of you that uh, picked up some pretty big wings, wins, especially racetracks finally getting their opener like Berlin. My goodness, Jeff Striegel missed it uh, out at Berlin because he was with us at MRN at the Talladega Super Speedway. But, unfortunately, but fortunately, thanks to Flo, he was able to check out the icebreaker up at Berlin, and it was Kyle Crump holding off one of the best Drivers in short track racing, Ty Majeski, what a race that was. Big win for him. Luke Fenhouse winning out at Slinger. That was a good one as well. Or excuse me, Luke Fenhouse beat Ty Majeski. Kyle Crump held off Carson Hosevar. So a couple of our NASCAR Camping World Truck Series drivers were out venturing the short tracks here on their off weekend. Bowman Gray, oh, the Madhouse, so good to be back. Check that one out on Saturday night on Flow Racing. The new repave, we talked to... Uh, we, we talked to Tim last week about maybe what we could see, and he wasn't wrong. They were beating and banging each other, Kyle, but uh, big win for Danny Bone, who we often see on the Camping World Truck Series side, getting a win in their opener. Landon Huffman, shout-out to you, too, winning Twin 40s at Hickory, and obviously on the Cars Tour, Connor Hall got his first win in the late model stocks. What are you going to say, Kyle? You mentioned Bowman Gray. It was a weird start to that modified yeah. race because you could tell that there was zero grip in the outside lane. And they he wasn't lying. To the bottom. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He was spot on last week when he said, you know, it's going to be bad. And and they went green for that 100 lap event. And it didn't take but 15 seconds to to know that uh, he was spot on the money uh, because they struggled. Uh, and I felt bad for those guys in the outside lane on the restart. It led to some incidents later in the race. Most everybody recovered. Jason Myers, I know, had an incident going into turn one mid-race. He recovered to finish third. Brandon Ward had an incident in turn three. Midway through the race, he recovered to finish second. Uh, but good for Danny Bone. Finished second in that race, I think, three times. 
and finally was able to get a Hayes Jewelers 200 victory. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm sure we're going to see that track evolve and the racing evolve throughout the year. They put some rubber down. We'll see kind of where yep. the lines are, but certainly a uh, n- lot of action so far on opening night. And I think the fans came out and, and really were excited. You know, there's a lot of un- unsureness about how it will race, what it would be like, but certainly watching it, you know, live on flow, it was fun and entertaining, a good way to cap off a Saturday night uh, and get ready for all of the Sunday action include, included the sizzler. All right, Kyle, we got a big weekend. It's Friday. That means uh, a lot of racing to come up as well as a lot of things on the ARCA side, and it all starts with the ARCA East Series at Dover. The final time the Motor Racing Network will get to cover the action at Dover after a good stretch run, and it begins uh, Friday night, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time on the Motor Racing Network, as well as on Flow Racing the General Tire 125, and there is nothing like watching a stock car go down the banking and absolutely flex when it gets in there on the concrete, Kyle. Especially with these new young drivers that yeah. have never raced it over before. When they dive off into turn number one and then, I guess some drivers call it jumping out of turn two and turn four. Just that that roller coaster effect, the G's that that track has on your body uh, over the course of, in this case, a 125 lap event. A lot of these drivers have never felt that before. So it's always fun to talk to them after their first event at Dover. It usually takes a while for them to catch their breath, but going to be fun. Sammy Smith, the current point leader by 12 over Taylor Gray as the East Series gets back on track uh, to kick off a busy race weekend at the Monster Mile. Yeah, and they've been off since March the 19th, so I'm sure they've been just chomping at the bit to get back at it. As you mentioned, Sammy Smith, the point leader, back-to-back wins starting at Five Flags uh, to kick off the East season, but I don't think Taylor Gray's going anywhere, so... Keep your uh, belts tight, Arca East, because it'll be another good one out there at Dover. Uh, Modified's a mayhem tours going on at Five Flags. I just mentioned Five Flags. What a great facility. That tour is awesome, as, as we talked to Matt Hirschman about the strength of Modified's. I mean, you look at Smart Mods, Modified's a mayhem. You look at the tour. You look at tour type. You know, I mean, it's insane Modified racing right now, and certainly that'll be a fun one to watch. Kyle, what else are we looking at this weekend? South Boston Speedway back in action, and uh, for the first time, we'll be ran- running 410-winged sprint cars right oh, up yeah. your alley there, Chris. Uh, they're running both Friday and Saturday night, and South Boston's regular divisions will be a part of the action uh, both nights. Uh, the sun- the Saturday card will also include USAC Eastern's uh, Midgets, um, along with Late Models, uh, their, their headline division. Friday night will be Sportsman, Pure Stock, and Hornets. And again, the wing sprint cars will run both nights. So a big weekend of racing at South Boston Speedway. Bowman Gray Speedway, uh, or Bowman Gray Stadium. Week two will feature a, a much different event this week. And we talked to Tim Brown about the different events that that track hosts throughout the year for Modifieds. You open up with a 200-lapper. This week, Twin 25s, and they'll be live on Flow Racing from the stadium. Just some of the action going on across uh, the country. A lot of tracks, you know, hosting their their weekly series. I believe Berlin Speedway back in action this week for their their second week of competition for 2022. And uh, Mananoc Speedway going to host a tri-track modified series. We talked to Hirschman about that a little bit ago. They're expecting close to 50 cars for that event on Saturday. 
Um, so a lot happening across the country and especially here on the East Coast. Yeah, absolutely. Carolina Prolate Models at Goodyear All-American in Jacksonville, North Carolina are back as well on Saturday. Spring Fling 100 Prolate Models at Montgomery, kind of opening up their season out at Montgomery Motor Speedway. And then all on flow, I mean, you mentioned it, Berlin, Hickory, Bowman Gray, Meridian, Evergreen, you name it, they're on I'll flow racing. You. What's that? South Boston, I think, is on flow as South well. South Boston weekend. is on flow with the sprint cars, absolutely. So uh, you'll get your fill for sure, and there's also a ton of dirt racing going on as well. As I know USAC is kind of really kicking off the outdoor season for the sprint cars and silver crowns. All right, Kyle, Kyle final thoughts. Uh, a great week of racing, an even better one coming up this weekend. Uh, what are you going to be keeping your eyes on this week? Oh, I think I'm going up the Mananoc, uh for the Modifieds. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll be tuned into Bowman Gray. Uh, we'll be tuned into all the action at the Monster Mile in Dover, uh, beginning with, with the Arkham Menards East Race. There's a lot to watch, um, thanks to Flow Racing. Uh, I, think, I think last Saturday there were like 17 different motorsports events. I don't have uh, enough you, screens in my house to keep all of them in line. I mean, my there's goodness. There's not enough devices out there. Uh, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'll be tuned in to, to a lot of different types of racing. You mentioned some of the dirt stuff. Uh, they're, they're kicking off into high gear. They kicked in the to gear earlier this week on flow uh, Tuesday and Wednesday nights with the, their Castrol night at the race program. So a lot happening, and uh, we'll be watching it all. Absolutely. All right. Well, enjoy the rest of your week, Kyle. You folks at home, enjoy your weekend of racing, whether that is, like Kyle mentioned, the short track stuff or obviously with – Live coverage of the General Tire 125 on the Motor Racing Network Friday night at 5.30 for the ARCA East at Dover. We'll recap it all and dive into all the hot topics of the racing weekend ahead. Enjoy your weekend of racing. For Kyle Ricky. this is Chris Wilner. We'll see you next time on NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Flow Racing. If you enjoyed this episode of NASCAR Coast to Coast, be sure to subscribe to Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR Roots, where you can catch the Wheel and Modified Tour, the Arc Menard Series, Pinties, and NASCAR Weekly Tour Races all season long on flowracing.com. Subscribe today.